Welcome to the Tech Study Hall podcast with your host, my dad, Dr. Rich Smith. Let's get started! Thanks, Finn, and welcome to episode 301 and a new season of the Tech Study Hall podcast where you can go to explore all about 21st century learning and ed tech integration in a safe space in hopes to take steps towards your tech independence. My name is Rich, and I appreciate you listening as we go on this learning and ed tech journey together as friends and colleagues. In this episode, we're going to talk about what I consider to be essential to pillars of learning in a virtual space. But first, just as a reminder for our first-time listeners, our goal with Tech Study Hall is to inspire educators to explore new ways to use technology as a way to accent their lessons while using 21st century learning strategies to keep students engaged. And whether that's using tech or not, the way our learners obtain knowledge is different from what we experience. But the one thing that hasn't changed is the importance of relating our learning experience to a world that makes sense for them. Today's objective. So where have I been? Uh, that's the number one question people have been asking me. Um, it's been over a year since my last episode, and I really missed making them, but something had to give. Um, in this new age of social-emotional awareness, there was so much stuff happening in my life professionally that it started to impact the things personally, like this podcast. Um, so I had to reprioritize my life a little and take a break. There was a lot of us in education doing that reassessing of priorities over the last couple of years. The pandemic gave us a lot of pause to look at education as students, parents, teachers, etc. overall. The demands of my role in education were stressful as I oversaw technology for a building and taught a load of classes as well. And after some time, I decided that it was time to take a break from the classroom and take on a new journey in education which also gave me some pause about this podcast. You know, what will it look like going forward? Who is I trying to reach? Will it have any merit when I'm not in the classroom any longer? And after much deliberation, I decided that I did want to continue to do the podcast. It was important for me to offer a voice for teachers who still wanted to be more confident with integrating tech tools in their classroom in a meaningful way. But I wanted to be more than just about the tools. I wanted it to be a message out there that our students are learning differently now more than we ever did. Computers in education have grown significantly beyond just one class or some time with the Oregon Trail. Um, I'm dating myself when I say that, but it's become the tool for learning as we desire to meet the needs of our students where they learn. They're digital natives, and our profession is one that must meet them where they learn. More about this later. But as I mentioned, um, I did stay in education, but took a leap into higher education. And getting into higher ed was always a goal for me since graduating with my master's in 2009. I took a stop along the way to get back into the classroom, first in a K-8, where I met some pretty amazing students and families, um, outstanding colleagues and dear friends, and uh, first had the opportunity to integrate a one-to-one program with Chromebooks. And then it was time to grow. I moved into a high school program where I taught and expanded their tech and STEM program. Again, I had the opportunity to meet some outstanding students and teacher friends. Um, And leaving the classroom was a really hard decision, but it was one that became necessary to my overall life and career goals. Again, it was time to grow. And I've always told my students that you never stop learning. Life always gives you opportunities to grow. So now... I'm a course and materials designer for Cleveland State University's Center for E-Learning. It's part of their CSU online program. And it's a chance to go into higher education and work with instructors and staff and bringing a quality of learning 
to programs in a virtual workspace. And I've been doing this for a little over a year now, and it's refreshing, really, to put my skills and education to use in a different kind of way. A chance to put some research and theories to the test, uh, which is uh, some of what today's topic is going to cover. So um, what we're going to talk about today are some of what I see as the key pillars that are essential to great learning online, or uh, I like to say learning in a virtual space. Time for the lesson. So why use the term virtual space? It's a long story, but to make it short, we went into this pandemic and everyone shifted to making learning happen online. There was a lot of apprehension and concern over the physical distances between teachers and students, and many of the points were very valid. But when we as educators added the constant reminder to our students that we would be, quote unquote, learning this one way in class, but when we're online, we're going to have to learn it this way, that becomes a barrier that we put in the path of our students. What we've learned about that time is that space doesn't necessarily become a deal breaker for our students. Some needed the contact, um, but others thrived because it lessened the anxiety of being physically present. A thought that many teachers had dismissed as being just a quiet student or one that doesn't pay attention or is a drifter, when in reality they just didn't function in that space and it became a blockade for learning for some of them. If it hadn't been for the pandemic, we may not have realized that for some students. In person was a roadblock for them to receive the learning they needed in order to progress. Now, this doesn't make learning in a physical space wrong. It just speaks to the idea that we have people who thrive in various learning environments. And this was hard for steadfast traditional teachers who learned that being present was the only way to learn appropriately. Though for some of our students, it was being present that took all of their energy just to be present. It was time for us to again evolve to create equitable learning spaces. I bring this up also to say that this time was trying for teachers too. Many had heard through professional developments about learning online or in virtual spaces or distance learning. Um, we learned things like Google Classroom and other LMSs, um, how to make videos, what are some of the latest tech tools and crazes, etc. There was a lot of information swirling out there. It always seemed to be under that category of when I have time for this, I'll play with it. And then the pandemic hit and all those cool integrations and methods were now forced upon us. Some who integrated early reaped the benefits of those learning sessions, Others who waited were pressed into a panic because they were thrust into tech tsunami at the time of the pandemic to survive the present learning uh, in a way that was uncomfortable for them. Many of us techies were thrown into the water to help guide our colleagues on how to swim with the current. Those teachers were the ones that couldn't wait for the pandemic to be quote-unquote over so that we can go back to quote-unquote normal. Without realizing that the pandemic was not going to bring us to that normal that we knew before it rather bring about a new normal for our field enter the existence of quote-unquote alternative ways to learn i argue that these alternatives as they say have always been around but have come to the mainstream brought on by the pandemic families became more attuned to the fact that their students thrived in certain settings some went back to the classroom face to face though i still contend it was more for familiarity's sake that some of them had to do this. 
Others went online because they realized that it yielded better results for their students. Some sought hybrid experiences where students could mix and match depending on their aptitude for the subject. While we saw this more in higher ed, many homeschoolers saw this as an opportunity too. The hope here is happier, flexible learners that would take charge of the way they learned best to further their opportunities later in life. So with this shift in the way students learn and learn well, coming to the forefront, we as educators need to shift the way we prepare for our classes and design with flexible learners in mind. So I'm going to share what I consider to be my pillars of success when preparing a learning space virtually, but I think that when you hear them, you'll find it applicable to any learning space, whether virtual, in-person, or hybrid. This is not an exhaustive list by any means. Um, it's just the beginning of something that I'm building, but I'm going to try to find guests to open up discussions about them in the future episodes. But here goes the list at, the, at this moment, knowing that uh, I always leave room for growth. The first pillar I feel is important is establishing a learning community. Get to know your students, their interests, and set the tone for your term or year. Offer genuine and timely feedback. Give time for collaboration and communication. These are key factors in setting a positive and constructive learning environment. Again, this could be applicable in person, face-to-face, -face, or online, or in a hybrid environment. But that's the first one. The next up on my list is relevant task creation. We have to begin to rethink some of the ways that we assess our students in creating tasks that are going to complement the learning that we're asking them to consume. That's a wordy way of saying, cut out the busy work. We need to get back to the fundamentals of what assessment really means and sit with, quote-unquote, sit with our students to see what and how they're learning, starting all of it with whether or not they're ready to learn. Then there's a whole AI integration that's starting to seep into our domain rapidly. How can we find a way to embrace that technology, keep our tasks relevant to learning, and teach our students to responsibly embrace the same? It'll be a loaded topic, and I can't wait to explore that one further. Platform familiarity is my next pillar for excellent virtual learning. This is a two-tiered pillar as well. First, we have to stop assuming that learners and instructors know their tech. Most know about tech and use some of it in their daily lives, but we can't assume that their knowledge extends beyond the know-how to learn in a virtual space. We need to set them up for success and become familiar with the LMS or spaces they're going to be learning. We have to create learning opportunities that will create activities to become familiar with the space that they're going to be learning in. Building resources, taking them through scenarios, etc., so that we can gauge comfort levels and technical prowess in a virtual learning space. We also need to utilize resources for ourselves to become more familiar with the environment that we're going to be teaching. See if you have subject matter experts in your building or your department or campus that you can collaborate with increasing your efficacy. Gather YouTube videos, attend seminars, participate in professional developments or discussions surrounding the platforms that you're going to be using. Get involved to become better informed. And along those lines, the final pillar for this discussion is to make the time. In the early days of flexible learning opportunities, they had things like correspondence courses that were very passive in their delivery. And with the onset of virtual learning space, we have learned that it's better to be as hands-on and engaging as our face-to-face -face opportunities. Students seek a connection with their mentors. If we're asking our students to make the commitment, then so should we. Make the time to make unique content for your courses. 
Automation is great in doses. It's not the answer, though. It should not lead our instruction. The learner wants to engage with you. Finally, go along. Finally, going along with our previous pillar, make the time to invest in yourself. Make the time to learn new skills in teching your classes out. The world we teach in changes constantly, and our students take note when we take the interest to bettering ourselves. I've seen that firsthand in the classrooms that I'm in. It's time to wrap it up. Again, we'll dive a little deeper into each one of these pillars in upcoming episodes. If you'd like to be a part of that discussion, please feel free to reach out. Again, I'm going to remind you this list is not by all means exhaustive, but a good start for Blueprint. In our discussions, we may discover more along the way to add in. That's the nature of our field right now is that evolution and evolving is something we must do in order to stay relevant to our learners. Their modalities and availability have changed, and we should be able to adapt to those ways. We've discovered new ways to reach and teach our learners, to paraphrase my friend Dr. Lynette Scottiswatilla. I hope that sparks an idea for you today. Let me know if there's something more on the topic you'd like to discuss, and we can make it another episode or go live or to field questions and work collaboratively. Speaking of collaborative spirit, I'd love to talk to you. If you have something that is working that blends the best of learning and technology, let's keep the conversation going. Please feel free to reach out to me via Twitter at Dr. Smith underscore EdTech or via email at rmstechspot at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Rich here reminding you to give tech a try. Any step forward is still part of the greater journey in learning. This has been Tech Study Hall. Class is adjourned. Be well, everyone. Music and sound effects used during Tech Study Hall is provided royalty-free under the use and mention license from hooksounds.com. Other music and sound effects are courtesy of bensound.com and incomtech.com. For more information about how you can be a part of Tech Study Hall, contact Rich at rmstechspot at gmail.com or visit www.techstudyhall.org for follow-up information, research, or contact options. 